Well, folks, uh, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your goodness and your love. And Father, we ask now that you will uh, help us to concentrate, help us to listen so that we might put into practice those truths you want us to learn. And we do pray these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. I thought Sienna did a fantastic job. Yeah. I might just leave it there. <laughs> well, folks, we're going to be talking about wisdom. We're going to be looking at uh, Proverbs. Well, what is wisdom? How do you get it? Who needs it? You know, there are many conflicting ideas, theories, schemes, proposals before us. How do we know what is wise? How do we make the right decision? How do we hear the voice of God? In October 22, 1943, during the Second World War, the English Royal Air Force launched Operation Corona. And what, they, what that was about, they deployed these people who could speak German and they were trained to impersonate the German Air Force controllers. So these Corona personnel, they would contact the German fighter planes and they would direct them where they wanted to go. Well, the German controllers, when they found out, they, they spoke, they, they, they talked to the, to the pilots and said, the previous message, that was a hoax. But where did that leave the German pilots? They were hearing two voices, two different commands. So what the Germans did, they actually uh, got female controllers. And so the German pilots could distinguish between uh, the real orders of uh, the German headquarters. But what did the English do? They also trained female controllers to impersonate them. It caused so much confusion and it was one of the, one of the reasons why the Allies won the war. Proverbs tells us there are two voices impersonating, wants our attention and there's confusion. Two female voices because the book of Proverbs personifies lady wisdom and lady folly. Both are compelling. Both seem attractive. But with one you will find life, blessing, safety and security. With the other you will find destruction, a fall and a crash. Proverbs is one of the most, uh, I guess, down-to-earth books in the Bible and it has some profound truths written by Solomon uh, to his son and to us for, for living wise, wisely. So let's have a look at uh, Proverbs. Folks, if you've got your Bibles, you can open to uh, Proverbs 1. And firstly, acquiring wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And in some ways, that is the key verse for the whole book. The knowledge, we're talking about the knowledge of God, that is wisdom. It's uh, the right use of knowledge. And in this context, knowledge and wisdom are nearly interchangeable. Wisdom doesn't lie within us, as if it's a dormant character trait. Our default position is folly. 
It has nothing to do with how clever you are, how many degrees you have, how educated you are. You can be the Prime Minister, you can be the President, you can be the leader, a CEO of a company and still be a blubbering fool. It's got nothing to do with information. If you want information, you go to Google, don't you? <laughs> That's not always the right information either. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, of wisdom. And Sienna was right. Fearing God is not being scared of God. It's having a, a deep, loving reverence in our Lord. It's submitting to him. It's coming under his lordship and his commands. You see, the first step towards godly wisdom is being in a right relationship with God. So if we acknowledge and truly revere the Lord as our creator and we are his creation, if we acknowledge and truly revere that he is our heavenly father and we are his forgiven children, if we acknowledge and truly revere that he is the Lord and that we are his servants, if we acknowledge and truly revere his commands and we have a desire to obey, then we fear God. The wisdom of this world tells us to trust ourselves. Godly wisdom says, despite what you're feeling, despite what the world is saying, we need to trust in the word of God. We do not become wise by what we do or how we live. We become wise by making Jesus the Lord and master of our lives and that will affect our behaviour and attitude. I love uh, that reading uh, that Nev read to us in 1 Corinthians. Jesus who has become for us the wisdom of God. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, you want to know what wisdom is? Look at Jesus. He is the embodiment of wisdom. And it's interesting in Luke chapter 2, if you remember that story when Jesus was a little boy, 12 years old, and he was uh, preaching in the temple. Uh, Luke says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. It's not something that comes naturally. When the Pharisees tried to trick Jesus, uh, I just love the, uh, the Gospels. Jesus always comes up trumps, doesn't he? Uh, with wisdom. Uh, do you remember that story when he was trying to be tricked by the Pharisees about paying taxes to Rome? And if he said pay taxes to Rome, then he wouldn't be very popular with the Jews. And if he said don't pay taxes, then he would be in trouble with the Roman authorities. And what did Jesus do? He said, give me a coin. Whose inscription is on the coin? And they said, Caesar's. And you know those words. Jesus says, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. When the woman was caught in an adultery, again, great wisdom. What did Jesus do? He said those words, let him without sin cast that first stone. But ultimately, God's wisdom is seen on the cross. When Jesus died for you, when Jesus died for me, it is the only way that we see at the cross, we see the justice and the love of God together. Have we got a fire? No. 
Paul says, I resolve to know nothing else except Jesus and him crucified. The power and the wisdom of God comes from Jesus. Folks, when we accept Jesus as Lord, when we submit to his lordship, we become wise. When we listen and when we act on his voice, we grow in wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we acknowledge and truly revere our Lord, we are wise. But what about the antagonist of wisdom? Well, again in verse 7 there, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, according to the last census, which was a while ago, uh, there were more, uh, there was, uh, the the boxes, uh, no religion, that was the most popular box, no religion. And uh, Christianity is dying, but yet religions like Buddhism, Hinduism and Islam are growing. Christianity is dying in Australia. Australians are growing foolish. A fool is a person who has no time for God, the Lord Jesus. They despise Jesus. They despise him. When people refuse to submit to Jesus, they will never discover wisdom. They might be wise in their own eyes. They might be wise with the world. And a fool is not a person with a low IQ or anything like that. A fool is a person who doesn't listen to the word of God. Uh, Verse 8, Solomon says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. As much as this is uh, Solomon's word to his son, it is uh, our heavenly father speaking to us, his children, his sons and daughters. But listening is a humbling experience, isn't it? Who finds it hard to, to listen? All the men. <laughs> uh, Greek philosopher Zeno, 300 years uh, before Christ, uh, coined a phrase that uh, many uh, parents uh, have used uh, to their kids. The reason why you have two ears and one mouth is so that you would listen twice as much as you would speak. And I want to say there's some truth in that. Too many people have closed minds and uh, open mouths. But listening is hearing the word of God and putting it into practice. There's a big difference between listening and hearing, isn't there? My wife's nodding. My wife, Debbie, um, she has a lot of wise things to say. And she'll be talking to me and I'll go, yep, yep, yep. And then she'll say to me, have you been listening? I said, yes. And then she would say, well, what did I say? And I'd say, I don't know. (laughs) So you can hear the words. And it's so easy to come to church every Sunday and hear the words. But are we really listening? Did you come this morning to let the word of God change you, to let the spirit of God change you? Otherwise we'll be enticed by the world's wisdom. And folks, that can just be seen as we just turn on the news. There's sexual orientation problems, gender confusion, consumerism, selfish leisure, pleasure. It's all about my needs. It's interesting what Solomon says here. He says, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. 
Folks, there is a war going on and we're in that war. The challenge, God's challenge to the world is to repent and believe. But the world is antagonistic. Verse 22 there, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Our world will not humble themselves to listen and repent. Our world wants to veer us away from the truth. And folks, that's what heresy is. Heresy is bent truth. And when you have something that's bent, it may not look like there's a big difference, but over time, there will be a big barrier, a big, a, a, a big wide open space between what is right and not right. Success is not wisdom. Folks, when you pray for your kids, when you pray for yourself, when you pray for your grandkids, what do you pray for? Do you pray to be successful? Or do you pray that your kids, yourself, might be wise? That they might be Christian? Uh, one of the things that Debbie and I did right from uh, day one when we had kids, we prayed that our kids would become Christian and that they would uh, love and serve the Lord. Mind you, we didn't mind our kids to be uh, successful successful also but mainly we pray that they would have an understanding of the Lord Jesus no education intelligence power fame success is a guarantee for wisdom and over the years we've all seen the great ones the the, the world famous ones the Elvis Presleys the you know the Michael Jacksons Prince Kurt Cobain Michael Hutchins Heath Ledger, they were all people who had seemingly a lot, but in the end they had nothing. There was something missing. The greatest enemy to the wisdom of God is the foolishness of the world. And uh, Solomon makes it very clear in verse 30. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Not listening to the word of God is fatal. It's foolish. I think what Solomon is trying to say, you're going to reap what you sow. There are two voices out there. Who are you listening to? Thirdly, there's the advice of wisdom. And in those first six verses, we see it gives skill and living, it gives instruction, it gives common sense, knowledge, discretion, learning and counsel. Um, you may have uh, come across those uh, books uh, for dummies, you know what I'm talking about? 45 million books have been sold, you know, bird watching for dummies, uh, fishing for dummies, uh, internet for dummies. Uh, sailing for dummies, investing for dummies, the law for dummies, online dating for dummies. And the idea is they were trying to make the complex simple. And in, in some ways, that's what, that's what Proverbs was doing. It's skill in living for dummies. And folks, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what Proverbs, what God has to say about marriage, about raising kids, about how we speak about our work, 
about doing good. The Apostle Paul says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, the wisdom of God not only will help us to be saved, but it will help us to be sanctified. That means to grow in our faith and be the best servants for God we can be. What's interesting is that wisdom has uh, close links with the Holy Spirit. With Joseph and Daniel in Genesis 41 and Daniel 4, it's nearly uh, in the same breath they, they talk about uh, Joseph and Daniel being wise and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Folks, I don't know you. I know some of you. And uh, if you are a Christian, I want to say praise God. You are wise. You have the Holy Spirit. You may not feel wise, but that's where we need to ask God in prayer that the Spirit of God might awaken our soul so that we might love his word and put it into practice. The advice of wisdom is to live godly lives and you know what, it'll put a big smile on God's face and your face. Well, what is the advantage of wisdom? That last verse, verse 33, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Besides skill and living, Solomon is saying it's going to give us safety and peace in a volatile and warring world. I've already mentioned um, uh, my son is a a missionary uh, in Malta and that's where my parents came from. Uh, They were in Malta in their uh, early teens and their house got, both their houses got bombed and uh, because the Germans were, would bomb it because it was a strategic uh, air, or a port and air base. And as uh, soon as the air raids were coming, the sirens would go off and everyone would take heed. Everyone would run to the bomb shelters. They knew which bomb shelters. I remember Dad saying they would be playing soccer in the streets when there was no rubble. And as soon as they heard the air raid shelters, everyone would just zap off into the air raid shelters. They would take heed to the warnings. How do we take heed? How do we take heed? Well, folks, we have an air raid shelter too. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you under attack? Do you hear two voices? Do you find it hard to make the right decision? Are there stresses in your life that are making you feel negative? Do you feel lonely? Is there unforgiveness in your life? Financial problems? Come to Jesus. Come to him. You have that peace. If you're a Christian, you have that peace and that rest in Christ. It doesn't mean we're immune from problems and from tragedy because we do live in a fallen world, but nothing can touch us eternally. Christ has died for your eternal safety. Is that good? Is that good? Amen. Amen. 
And the Holy Spirit will be with us till that day we meet the Lord Jesus. You know, there may be people who haven't reached that place yet. You've heard about the Lord Jesus, but you still haven't really made that commitment. If you're one of those people, I want to say, stop messing around. You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Stop messing around. Stop playing Russian roulette with your life. The reason why maybe you haven't got peace and contentment and assurance in your life is because maybe you're not listening to Jesus. Stop hearing the voice of the enemy and listen to the voice of God. Love the word of God and you can live in safety and peace despite an antagonistic world. Run to Jesus' shelter. Let me pray for us. Now, Heavenly Father,